Well, I am thankful to be with you in the house of the Lord tonight. And uh, you go ahead and we'll dismiss our children right here to the back. We don't have any ladies tonight like we did the last few times I've been up here and announced. I, I got a lot out of your ladies class, by the way. Um, it's, uh, my wife talked to me at home about it, and I, it, was, it was really good. Um, and so I think I have everybody, youth can go downstairs. If you haven't been downstairs and observed the nice setup that uh, Jeremy and Courtney so worked on so hard and put together, and um, both them and those of you that helped them, we appreciate that. But if you haven't been down to see it, you might not want to go because then you might wonder where our place is up here. It's really nice. Um, and uh, for the rest of you, I would like to turn to Matthew chapter 28. We're going to open up there. I think it's fitting to, to open up there. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. I actually have a new King James Version here. And over here I have King James Version. But I'll read, uh, verse, start at verse 18. And it says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. I like that. In heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We go to prayer here for the message. I'd like to first remember our brothers and sisters and all the people that are in the hurricane in Florida and just ask God to keep and protect and provide and save and, and be with them. Lord Jesus, let's get a reach down. You see, God, the, the hurricanes in Florida. Lord, you see what everyone's going through down there. Oh, God, protect our brothers and sisters. And God, and, and reach in and help all of those people, Lord, and what they're going through. Keep them in their homes, God, and in their churches and in their jobs. Jesus, provide a place for them and, and, and protection and food and shelter. And, and Lord, deliver them through their situation. Lord, we ask you to anoint tonight. Speak into our hearts and lives. And, and change us in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. I find this passage here in Matthew chapter 28, and we've talked about this, uh, uh, different ones of us, a few times this year. So we've talked about all are called. And tonight I want to talk to you about share. Share. And if I were to put a subtitle here on it, it says the cost of the call. The cost of the call or the cost of discipleship is the topic that we're, we're dealing with tonight. And, and so Jesus says here, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And, and I paused on that just for a moment, not because I'm going to preach and teach about it, but, but right here Jesus is saying, <laughs> he's saying I am God. Because God isn't going to share his power and his glory with another. And he's saying in the spirit domain and realm in, in heaven... I have all authority. And then from that place of authority, he tells them, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. And it's make disciples. 
And I want to talk to you about this discipleship. Now, as I was typing my notes and, and I looked at my Word document, and up in the corner, it had this arrow and the word share. Share. Some of you are on Facebook or Fakebook or and Tweetface and Snapchat and I think I got all the names down, right? Um, all those different things. And you know what they have on there? Share. If you're on YouTube, share. When you're watching a video, I can never figure out where I'm supposed to click, but some of those guys are doing their video and they're like, if you like this podcast or if you like my video, click share over there. And I'm like, where's that on the screen? And, uh, and then sometimes I see it right below, but it's share. Share. And when I think of discipleship, I think of that share button. Because discipleship is sharing both directions. It's being a disciple and it's discipling someone else. It's sharing in the mission and in the lifestyle of your master. And it's then in turn being willing to share from yourself into the life of someone else. And I don't know about you, but sometimes sharing can be hard. Sharing can be hard. Now, I know all you moms out there, you just love it when you have that favorite pop or that favorite cookie or that favorite dessert sitting at the house and you're like, that's mine, and a child comes and eats it before you get to it. Isn't that exciting? Um, some of you that have older children that are <clears throat> maybe even my age, and they come walking in the house and they get in the cupboard or the fridge and, wow, they're like, that's great, and they also eat your food. And you're like, well, yeah, yeah, they can eat the food. And then you're like, but that was for my lunch tomorrow. Anybody ever been through that? I haven't. My kids are not that old, so I'll keep my hands down. But I have witnessed it. I've witnessed it. And so sometimes you don't like to share. If you have children, just ask them to share with the other child. Ask them to share with you. That goes over, sometimes it actually goes over really well. And sometimes, I got a funny story. I was into cameras, at least it was funny for me. I liked taking pictures, and my dad came along and he said, can I borrow your lens? I felt so proud that I could take my lens and my dad would use it, and he was gonna take some sort of fabulous picture. He also had this little knowledge, if he broke it, he bought it, so I would have a lens no matter what. But I was proud that my dad was thought my lens I had purchased was good for him. So then one day I got the courage to ask if I could borrow his lens. Now, if you're into photography, you realize these lenses can be a couple hundred dollars at least, if not more. I could only afford the couple hundred dollars with lots of savings, so I didn't have those huge ones. But he had a lens, and I said, could I borrow your lens? And he goes, you have pretty good lenses right over there. <laughs> so I realized sharing didn't necessarily go both directions. And if you're listening to this, Dad, it's a funny story now, all right? It's a funny story. But I, sharing, I could see it all over his face of, wait a second, if I break his lens, I buy it. But if he breaks mine, I buy it as well. <laughs> and so it doesn't go both directions. See, sharing can be hard. It always sounds good. And, and, and you think of Christmas and you're like, oh, somebody's going to share a present with me. 
And then they're like, and you're going to share one back. And, and, and sometimes that can be exciting and it can be fun. But when you really get into it, it's like, well, how much is that sharing really going to cost me? How much is it really going to cost me? So I brought this, this individual out to you before, but when I think of discipleship and I think of the Old Testament, my mind immediately goes to Elisha. You see in 1 Kings chapter 19, he says, So he departed thence and found, and this is speaking of Elijah, but he found Elisha the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him. He with the twelfth and Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. And what did he do? See, Elijah, Elisha didn't have a connection with Elijah. Elisha, from reading this, would have been a very rich man once he got his household's inheritance. And he's out there with the, the 12th yoke over here. Not just with the first, but he's over here. And they've got fields that they're working over. And he's got a, a, a lifestyle laid out for him. But in this case, a prophet came by. Somebody that would have had followers that would have maybe wanted to come after him. He would have been somebody that you just said, hey, if I want to go into the, that ministry, that might be somebody to follow. And so he came by and, and he just laid his mantle, that thing that maybe he wrapped himself in when the storm was raining down or if he wanted to sleep someplace in the night on the, the, the journey that he would have put around him. He just hit him with the mantle. And something gripped Elisha and he thought, this is not what I want. This wealthy income, this, this destination that I have with my family, this heritage that I have over here, I want what I just felt. Oh, when I was in the presence of God as a little boy, I felt that presence of God and I thought, you know what? I don't know what it's all about, but I want it. I like it. I didn't really know what it would lead to, but I didn't care. I was just like, God, I want that. I want you whatever you is. I want what that, whatever you're going to take me towards. I don't really know what it'll cost me. I don't really care. I just want to be with you. And Elijah, Elisha, right? Elisha. He wanted it. You see, when you would have a, I'll call him a disciple maker, but somebody that people would follow, you would go with them. You would follow them on their journeys. You would adopt their teachings. You know what you didn't get to do? So I'm under bishop here, and he's preaching and teaching to me, and I don't get to go, eh, I don't like it that way. He's the master, right? I'm the disciple. And when he says, we're going to study it this way, and here's how you're going to break it down, I'm like, I don't think so. And if the master says, when you come to the class, you are going to be in white shirts buttoned up with a, a, a bow tie, I'm going out to buy bow ties because I don't have any. And if I'm like, I am not in your class, he's like, then you're not my disciple. Because he is the master. And at no point in time do I say if I want to remain his disciple 
that I don't like. Now, he can say, okay, after he's instructed and given instruction, we might have time to ask questions. We might have time to expound. He might say, if I was King James, what say you? Or what think you about this matter? Or he, he might do that. He might say, what do you think about this? Or, or what would you say about this? And then I would respond. And, and, and that's what Jesus said to, to the disciples. In, in one place, it's right in my, because it's in my notes. But he said, uh, um, whom do men say that I am? That's because he was inviting them in and they knew it was time to answer questions and respond. And then the master was going to go further and explore. Something interesting about the disciple, uh, the disciple maker, the master. You see, the master, uh, um, Jesus, he would tell them parables. And then he would wander on up the mountain, away from the crowds, all everyone who heard the parables. And those that followed him from the, the, the blessing over here to they kept following him as the evening wore on, got to hear a little bit more about the parable. In one parable, Jesus taught about the different types of ground and, and sowing the seed. And when you study that parable, which we're not going to break it down tonight, but he talked about the different grounds and the, and the thorns and the thistles and the hard ground and the rocks and, and, and and he gets good ground. Do you know who the good ground was in that story at that very moment? Now we could teach a long time about this. But at that moment, those that kept gathering around were saying, hey, I'm ground you can keep sowing in. You know what? I'm going beyond the blessing. And I'm willing to go through the hard saying. And I'm still right here with the master. And you can put your seed and it'll take root. And you know it wasn't easy. But I'm still ground you can work with, Jesus. And he told them what that ground was all about. Because he was the master. Elisha, when he felt that mantle, he gave up his inheritance. He left his home. Oh, church, I want everybody to be saved. You must be saved if you're going to go to heaven. You must be filled with the spirit of Jesus Christ. You must be baptized in his name, being immersed in the water. And there's something beautiful that happens. It's not like any other bath you ever had, but it's biblical. And you may think, well, that sounds really strange. It doesn't have to make scientific sense. It's about trusting Jesus. Oh, it's about just placing faith in him. And when you go down in, you're like, okay, what's going to happen here? All that stuff that's weighed you down, it falls off. Oh, it's, it's amazing. And when he fills you with his spirit, everybody must have that. And I am telling you, just as I, as a young man, said, I want what I've encountered. When you say to Jesus, I want what I've encountered. I don't know what it is, but I want it. He becomes your master. And when he becomes your master, you're young. You're kind of infant. He places you in a church that's the mother. And in this mother church, we have some people that are like Jesus Christ. I'm not calling anybody Jesus out here. We got some visitors tonight, understand? I am not making anybody be something super special. I'm just saying they're his hands and his feet. And as you begin to learn from them, you will draw closer to him. 
And there's a segue that goes from simply just learning from myself or learning from one another into you begin to see Jesus more and more and you're growing in relationship with him because we are just ambassadors for him ultimately. But I don't know about you because what I'm trying to get across here is I'm going to bring to you the example of Jesus and the example of Elijah and say, hey, who is willing to then sign up like Jesus said and make disciples? Because the master here first had to be dedicated to his business. And then the master had to be willing to share. He had to be willing to be vulnerable. You know what Jesus said to, to uh, John when John first came and Andrew? And, and they, they wanted to see where he laid his head. We want to see what you live like. Now, I am not inviting right now. That is not an open door. You cannot drive down to 176 and open my house and come sleep there tonight. That's not a general invitation, okay? It's not. Um, but I have to be willing to say, hey, you know, I've gone through some things in life. And you might say, wow, I'm having a hard time with my marriage. And I can say I've had a hard time in my marriage, too. It doesn't mean I'm going to spill all the beans of everything. But I become a little bit vulnerable. I'm a disciple maker. You, you, you might, I've, I've been with some disciple makers in my life. And, and I was with them when they were working on a project. And, and things didn't work out. And you know what I saw? A little bit of anger. That was okay, right? I got to see they were human. I got to see they were real. I got to see how they could apologize in a situation. I got to see how they overcame um, problems. And I got to see them worried and afraid. I, I got to learn from them and see and hear from them what it was, how you get through a problem. You see, when we just feel the glory and the goosebumps and the greatness of God, sometimes we can become a little bit condemning of other people because we feel pretty righteous sometimes. We're in a great place and we want to know why everybody else is struggling. But you know what a master in our life will tell us, a disciple maker will tell us? They'll ease us down and they'll say, hey, you know what? God loves them and he's given them strength in their problem and he's working through it with them. And then when you're down, that, that disciple maker goes ahead and says, no, it's not as bad as you think. Let's get back up again. Something here, though, about Elijah. When Elisha followed him, he had to give up what he came out of. And when we're following Jesus, we have to be willing to say, my job is yours. My family is yours. My, my, my dreams and visions are yours. God may still have you work at the Army Corps of Engineers where I'm at. But one day if he calls me to another place, he takes precedence over the Army Corps. My family, I have trained them up in the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? They're his. Multiple times I've been in prayer over my children. As they've gone through the ages and I've said, God, they're yours. Their life is yours. How can I be a good steward of these children that are yours? How can I teach them right? God, my marriage is yours. How do you want to lead me? I don't just say, God, talk to me. I say, God, I'm asking you to also talk to my wife. And if there's something that you want me to be the voice for, give me wisdom on how to share it. Oh, God, let me be a leader in my home. But you know what I've never wanted? I, I, I do want to be that leader in my home. But God, if you want to speak directly to my wife, please do. And if you give her a word to share back with me, let me be uh, um, humble enough to listen and to hear. Because God, you put us together. 
You've joined us together and ultimately we are your children. You have to be willing to give up and to follow. You got to follow. We see here in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 2, that Elijah went on a journey. He was going to be carried away. He was going to be taken up. And as he traveled, he tells Elisha, why don't you stay here? Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me over to Bethel. Do you know what the disciple said to the master? Wherever you go, I'm going. You see, the master, the disciple maker, he was challenging him a little bit. Are you willing to be here? The, the maker might be going on a journey. You go ahead and you reach over. And, and as, you, as there's a journey that's to progress, you, you're reaching in and somebody is following you. Are you willing to be followed? Are you willing when, when you're being taken through places with God to go ahead to that person who's looking up to you and to, give, and to let them follow you? And I want to ask you, are you willing to follow? Are you willing to follow? You see, Elisha left his inheritance, his home, his way of life. He left up, he no longer was in charge of his own destiny. But he said, hey, wherever Elijah goes, I'm going to go. You know what's interesting about a disciple? A disciple starts to reflect their disciple maker, their master. If you ever see your mannerisms show up in somebody else, go ahead if those are good mannerisms. <laughs> Take it as a compliment. Why? Somebody's looking up to you. When you see uh, um, MITs and preachers stand in this pulpit that We've all been blessed by Bishop Powell here. And you see something, you say, well, that reminded me of Pastor Powell there. Why? Because he's invested in our lives. And when you see your children enter into ministry, you're going to see things come out of them that are reflected from the people that's preached out of this pulpit and specifically from Bishop. Why? Because he sat down and he said, here's how you put notes together. Here's how you reach into the presence of God. Here, here's how you need to prepare. Here's what you need to be careful with. He's investing in people's lives. And when somebody reflects you don't be like, why are they a copycat? Go ahead and say, wow, thank you, God, that I could be used to change somebody else's life. But you have to be willing to let somebody change, to be somebody to be impacted by you. And you have to be willing to take on characteristics, ultimately, of Jesus Christ. You have to be a disciple. And so we left... And he followed. And before I wrap out with Elijah here, or Elisha here, do you know what you see at the very end when Elijah is carried away? You see Elisha take that mantle. And then he's like, where's the God of Elijah? And he hits the water. Why? 
Because just before that, he saw his master take the mantle and hit the waters, and they parted. And when he went back, he said, okay, it's my turn now. And I'm picking up the mantle, and I'm hitting the waters. And you know what happens to your disciple? It's because you prayed over them, and you prayed over other people. And then they walk into a new situation, and they begin to pray. We have a whole bunch of children up here, and we have little girls up here, and they're praying one for another. Why is that? Because somebody prayed for them, and they said, I've seen this happen. And you know what's going to happen with these little girls? They're growing up together. And if the Lord tarries and I'm long gone, they're going to have each other. And when they're 30 years from now, when there's a situation, they're going to lay hands on each other. And they're going to pray for one another. Because they were a disciple of you. But you have to be willing to invest in them. And they have to be willing to follow. So here in the book of Matthew, Peter, and we've talked recently out of Matthew chapter 16, but we'll go back there and highlight some things. But Peter, he was a disciple. He was a disciple. And and, and there's some things in Peter's life that I think I can apply to your life. First off, Peter had a purpose change. Not just Peter, all of the disciples. And if you're going to be a disciple, just like Elisha and just like Peter, you have to be willing to have your purpose changed. Peter went from fishing for fish to fishing for men. A purpose change. Peter has something that's very clear that the rest of the disciples, we didn't get to see the example quite poured out in them, but it did happen when they were filled with the Spirit of Jesus Christ. But, but specifically with Peter, we call him Peter, they called him Simon, until Jesus said, thou art Peter. He had an identity change. He didn't just change his purpose. He changed who he was. Why? I'm a disciple And master, whatever it is that you want me to be like, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to be like. Peter had an identity change. Peter had to take rebuke. When he came with man's thoughts and he told Jesus he shouldn't go to the cross, Jesus turned and, and, and told him, get behind me, Satan, for thou art an offense unto me. For thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. He handled rebuke. You have to be willing to be rebuked. And sometimes that rebuke is going to come from the ministry that God has put in your life. But have a humble heart and a humble spirit. Because what are you doing? You're going ahead and you're saying, you know what? I'm willing to share in this book. It's not just about the goosebumps and the feeling. But if it requires me sharing in that identity change, I'm going to share in it. If it requires me sharing in a purpose change, I'm going to share in it. If it requires me getting myself put down a little bit, go ahead, I'll share in that rebuke. I'm not too good for this. I'll take whatever it is you want to put on my life. 
Just let me be, Lord Jesus, your disciple. Let me share in it. Let me share in it. You have to be willing to get close. You have to be willing to get close. There's a couple things here. So we've talked about their lifestyle that they were willing to pick up and to go after, to be a disciple, to change your lifestyle, to change your priorities. You know what that changed? That changed. We've talked about it, but how you talk, how you dress, where you go, what, what you do with your day. Um, when I was in college, I was thinking about this the other day when I was in high school. Well, we had Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. You know where I was pretty much every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night? I was at church. When sports came along, well, I can't do that. Why, why can't I do that function? Well, one reason I can't do that function is because it's going to cost me my time where I've committed to church. Why, why can't you give that up for a while? Why? Because I want to hear the word of God. I want to be fed, and I would rather be in that presence of God with all these other people. I'm telling you. Oh, sometimes, I, I realize you can miss a church service, and sometimes you go on vacation and all that. But I've been here, and I thought, man... I would never want to miss this for the world. I'm telling you, Sunday morning, people got deliverance. Would you have rather postpone that to next month? Absolutely not. I need you today, Lord Jesus. I need your touch right now. Oh, we had COVID going on here. And, and in the middle of all that COVID, when you weren't supposed to touch anybody or breathe in anybody's face, we had 15 people filled with the Holy Ghost. And, and Jesus filled them, 14 of them children. And you know where we were? Face to face with them. Our arms wrapped around them. And where would I rather be at? I would rather have been there with these children getting the spirit of Jesus Christ. Then, then Why? Oh, there's some things, oh, that are greater than what this world has to offer. And I don't mean that as some huge rebuke to, to people who had to take different measures or circumstances. But I do mean it as an example of when I say, God, you know what? You're first in my life. And, and there's things that I don't want to have taken away. Finn got the Holy Ghost that day. Oh, thank you, Jesus, my, my fifth child. Oh, it's, it's your priorities. It's what you do. If you're going to be a disciple, and if you're going to be a disciple maker, it takes a word that starts with T, and you have to be willing to share your time. Your time. Last January, at the end of January, I sat down in St. Louis and was talking to a gentleman who has built a home missions church. And, and it's thriving rather well as a lot of attendees and a lot of people's lives they changed into. But I think it was, I can't remember if it was just nine years or if it was longer. Every Saturday he set up and tore down his church service in a rented facility because he was trying to build a church. Until now you look at it and you say, wow, you, your investment, you, you now have a permanent place. And you have people who, who are disciples. But I, we were talking about this whole making disciples. And 
Why is it so hard? And he said, it's because we don't allot ourselves time for people. You run to the store, and I'm, the, I'm talking about myself here now, okay? I'm like, okay, if I can just run to the store really quick, I need to get in there, I need to get down to the aisle, i got to grab the milk, I need to bust out because I have this next. So when do you have time to say hello to somebody at the milk? When you come up to somebody and you say, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. What they said, it's not going good. Do you have time to hear that it's not going good? When somebody says to you and, and they said, what's different about you or how do you handle this situation? Do you have time to respond? Sometimes you don't have time. So can you say, hey, wait a second. Maybe you're, maybe you're in a meeting on your job. All right, I get that. And you're in a group and you got a text message. Well, probably you're not answering the text message right then. I get that. But can you follow up and say, hey, this one here, we got to connect on. We got to respond with. We can, we, we, here's a place where I can connect with you. If you're going to be a disciple maker, you need to be willing to take time. And if you're going to be a disciple, you need to be willing to have time to listen. And then ultimately time to spend with Jesus Christ. You need to have time to go to church. Time to get into the word. And time to hear teaching. Time to sit down with somebody and say pour into my life. So what is the cost of discipleship? Being willing to share your time. Bishop, I want to share my time with somebody else. And I want to share my time with Jesus. Lord, ultimately, my time is all yours. However you want to use it. It can be spooky sometimes, right? I say spooky. When you're sitting there, I, all right, this, this is my testimony. I've told it to you before. But sitting there late at night, we're working on homework, lab stuff. I got to get through college. All right, it's 1130 at night. We got to get this done. I'm so tired. And the guy says, what's different about you? And I knew what he was talking about. But how I was nervous and scared. And I was like, can I, can I, can, um, can I share this with him? I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I, really? Can I do this? And all of a sudden I felt timid. I felt shy. But he was asking me, will you share with me right now what it is in your life that's made you this way? Because I want it. And you know what we then had to do? Talk that night. And then we carved out some time for a Bible study so we could then sit down week after week and begin to share. We, we took some time to say, hey, my car is yours. I can take you to church. Come with me. I had to be willing to share. But he also had to be willing to say, I know I have homework, but let me put it to the side because I want to share in what you got. I want to share. I want to know what Jesus is all about because I grew up hearing about Jesus. But something's different in your life, Lucas. I didn't, I mean, I, I knew something was different in my life because I know about baptism in Jesus' name and then filling the Holy Ghost. But other than that, I didn't feel like a super spiritual guy. You may feel very human. And what is the phrase? To err is human? That's okay. Because Jesus has entrusted you. And he's saying, go and make disciples. Go share. Share. We have to be willing to share. We have to be willing to share in what Jesus has laid out for us in this book. 
We have to be willing to go ahead and, and, and share in, in, in the, the lifestyle change and in the commitment of our time. Who is some people that was willing to share? Some disciple makers. Well, we've been talking about Jesus a lot here. He was willing to teach. He was willing to have followers. He was willing to bring them into his inner circle. He was willing to go through hard sayings with them. You see, when you are a disciple maker, that's where you get into some more in-depth things. There's some teachings that you hear referenced over the pulpit, but we go in-depth in the back room when we sit down and say, hey, we can take some time and let's go through this together. Another disciple maker was the Apostle Paul. And when we look at the Apostle Paul, he sat down and, and he went from city to city and, and town to town and sometimes he sat for a couple years in a place. And, and we see that he poured into many people. But then we see a few people that ended up on the journey with him. And what did he do? He took time to say, hey, I'm here to pray with you. To pour ministry into you. With the laying on of hands we poured into you. And then you see him writing letters back to him. Saying, hey, you're in my thoughts. You're in my prayers. I'm here to remind you what, what I poured into you before. And, and I know that you're going through a struggle now here. But my disciple, I need you to know while you're pouring into other people, I'm still here pouring into you. Oh, you're going to see disciple, make, ma disciple makers, hear me. You're going to see little disciples grow up in ministry. Sunday school teachers. You're going to see some children take over churches. And they're going to be missionaries. But yet you can write to them. And you can call them up. And you can say, I've been praying for you. And remember the anointing that fell on you at this altar. And remember what we taught you in Sunday school. That he would never leave you nor forsake you. Because you're still in their life. And you're a maker. And you're sharing in the fruit that they're bearing over there because you were willing to follow Jesus you were willing to share of your time you were willing to, to let Jesus pour into you and let your ministry pour into you and in turn you were willing to pour into others and so we call, talk about the cost of discipleship and I've hit it all sorts of which ways and I've talked to you about a couple of disciple makers and I've Referenced a couple disciples. But we talk about it. But it literally, at the end of the day, is a complete life change. Go ahead and be willing to say, okay, you know what? Whatever you want, God. Whatever that looks like. If it's just me down in the middle of a desert place like it was for Philip talking to one individual, or you put me over a lot of people, I'm yours. God, I'm willing to be a disciple maker. But also, what does it look like? It's you as a disciple saying, you know what, I got away from some things. I had it right over here when, when Peter, when, when, when I, as Peter, when he was declaring the identity of Jesus Christ, I had it right there. But I can take rebuke a few verses later because I'm still your disciple. You know what that happened? It happened many years later when Paul, a disciple maker, he visited Jerusalem so those disciple makers could pour into him and he could see, did I get this right? 
Later, he had to turn to Peter and rebuke him for his treatment of the Gentiles. And Peter had to take rebuke. And you know what Peter saw in Paul? Somebody who was an apostle who wrote scripture. Why? Because Peter could still be a disciple while preaching the gospel to the world as a disciple maker. I don't know about you, but tonight I want to reorient myself and say, God, I am all about you. I am yours. I am yours. Can we go ahead and stand to our feet? The cost of discipleship, I don't want to sound scary, but it is your life. And I don't want to make that, I'm not trying, I do not want you to think that you stepped out. I don't want you to think like you stepped out onto this thing over here and you're like, okay, you know what? I'm a little tougher, meaner than all the other people. I've given a whole lot extra. No, 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 no. You just committed your life to Jesus. And what am I trying to say? You're still a person who gets up in the morning. You still have 24 hours in a day. But what you're doing is you're just saying, Jesus, my life is yours. I'm willing to share in your suffering. I'm willing to share in your call. I'm willing to let my life be the way you want it. Why? Because one day, God, I really had no purpose. There was no reason to live. I didn't really have a point to anything. And I came in here and I found a reason worth living for. And so, God, I'm yours. And however you want to teach me and however you want to lead me, I'll do it. And I'm telling you today, he's telling you to go and make disciples. So if that's what it is, Jesus, then I'm willing to share with others so go ahead and begin to tell him and let him know Jesus I'm willing to share what you want to put into my life and I'm willing to share with others oh Jesus I want to be a disciple and I want to be a disciple maker and God the cost is whatever you want me to do that's what I'm willing to do because Lord the payment is worth the cost Oh, God, I could never repay what you did in my life. Oh, God, I could never outgive what you poured into me. Jesus, I'm yours. I'm yours. My lifestyle's yours. My time is yours. Oh, God, my willingness to be broken, rebuked, and humbled is yours. My humility is yours. My trust is yours, Jesus. Wherever you lead, oh, God, I'll follow. Oh, God, I understand, Lord, that it's just my reasonable service. I understand, oh, God, that you've called me, and I'm letting you know I'll answer. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, I am yours. Hallelujah. Tell him, God, I'm willing. I'll be willing to share. I'm willing to share. Who, me? What do I have to offer, Jesus? I'm asking you to share. Oh, that's the call. He's compelling you to share. Lately, Bishop has been madly typing at his computer and writing enormous numbers of books. I don't know if any of you have paid attention. We got some out here. You should check them out. But at the top of his document... There is a few buttons, and one of them's edit. There's also comment. You know what that's all about? 
ooh, this isn't quite right here in your document. You know what that's all about? The disciple maker comes along and ultimately Jesus says we need to change a few things. And you know what you then in turn do? You edit it. Not the Bible. Let's get that out of for an example. (laughs) You edit your document. Yes, right here. The disciple maker comments into your life and you're willing to be edited. But there's that third button. That document is no good unless it's shared. God is editing your life. He's commenting on you. Be humble enough to be edited. But then be willing and bold enough to be shared. Go and share in Jesus Christ and share Jesus to the world. The cost of discipleship. God bless you. Have a great week.